Hello everyone, and welcome to the all-new episode of the Turin Giants podcast number 164. Today we welcome a special guest. She is an accomplished football correspondent for such giants as ESPN, BBC and Sky. She is also a fellow podcaster. But most importantly she is a die-hard Juventus fan. Before we proceed, don't forget to subscribe on all podcast platforms, follow us on Twitter and share this episode. I am from the future and I can assure you, you have made the right choice to join us for the next hour or so. Let's go. And I guess here we go. We have a very special guest with us today, like we mentioned. Mina Rizuki, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, so such a pleasure to be on. So much fun to do anything that's to do with Juve. I feel like it's a night off for me when I get to chat about my favorite team. Uh, that's fantastic. I, I, I can imagine you have to keep a sort of a professionalism when you're, when you're dealing with the non-Juve fans. And we've seen a couple of your YouTube clips and stuff. They go, you're definitely go-to for them to... Um, I'm a bit mean about them, though, so I'm, I'm surprised that, like, yeah. Like, I did sort of go off on one yesterday when I was trying to think about the mm-hmm. team that they're trying to buy, and I just thought, oh, this makes me so sad. I don't even think we're targeting the right people anymore. So, <laughs> anyway. Well, we've been, we've been uh, actually, Giovanni, he's been lobbying for a long time to get you on the podcast. He has a, um, has a huge crush on you, if I dare say. He's, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, he's been following your podcasts and your, your, your work with ESPN. And he's so bummed that he, he's not able to come on because, um, his, his, he's just so, too, so tied up for, with work. And he sent a couple of questions. And by couple, I mean like a million. So we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll try to get through all of them. Uh, Mina, first of all, happy International Women's Month. Thank you. Let's find out a little bit about you and how you became a UF fan and, and where did that start? Where did that love start? I was a Lazio fan um, for uh, mostly because of a silly reason, which I don't usually like to admit very often. But I was I had a huge crush on Pierluigi Casaraghi. And mm. at the time he was with Lazio and my mom's from that region. So I was like, yeah, this all makes sense. Like this is the team that I'm supposed to support. And, you know, when you're young, football for you is just, it's just something like you're not, I wasn't like understood the game or anything, you know. Mm-hmm. And then there was uh, the back heel from Del Piero in the Champions League. And I just thought this was the most fun I'd ever had watching a game. And my dad used to take me to the Bernabeu all the time. So I should have really been a Real Madrid fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am partial to Real Madrid, but I was also a massive JFK and uh fan don't ask me why but every book I ever read as a kid everything that you know I was like a big history buff and Mm -hmm. Jackie O at the time had a a thing apparently with Gianni Agnelli so I tied this all up together and thought this has got to be the team I support they have Del Piero um they have Gianni Agnelli so they play good football. They're, you know, they're fun to watch. Easy I love choice. Ravanelli, Viali, the whole thing. But it was the back heel probably that clinched it the most. And you know what's funny? I, I just watched that documentary last night about Agnelli on HBO. It is so well done. And I was just fascinated how, how, how big of a person he was. It's just like well known all over the world. And at one point someone says that he was the king of Italy at that time. It's so funny you bring that up. 
highly recommend yeah, because it, that was way. it. It was it was like this is the club that's been owned by the same family for all these years. I just felt like everything was right about it. You know, the way that they had conducted themselves at the time, there was a lot of talk about Stile Juve. It doesn't really exist that much anymore, obviously, you know, just quotes that you read about what he would say, his obsession with it. It just all felt so prestigious. And I was just like, yeah, I, I, I kind of, this club, it seems like, you know how Barcelona always say they're more than a club. I felt like Juve at the time was more than a club. Absolutely. It still is, but we'll, we'll talk about the, We'll talk about the changes in the in the club and the mentality. Um, well, uh, we, we will get to the questions right away. We have many of them. And I just wanted to say thank you to all our listeners because you guys showed a lot of interest. And, and we're so happy to bring you a guest that you're so interested in, uh, other than just three of us or four of us just chatting chatting away. Um, you, you, by the way, you can tell Mina is a professional broadcaster because her microphone is just so perfectly <laughs> set up and the, the sound is like she's sitting in a room with us. Uh, Sam, you wanted to say something before we get I, to the I, questions? I, I just wanted to chime in. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 definitely it's definitely true that Gianni Agnelli was 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 a huge cult figure in Italy, and he 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 certainly brought that 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 brand that you now have of being a little bit, you know, I, I guess almost a cut above the rest and kind of being, you know modern and um being a little bit more avant-garde business-wise but you're the first person i've ever heard say that they fell in love with uve because of him that's pretty that's 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 pretty unique that's pretty unique i mean everyone talks about del piero buffon players whatever specific moments but but, yeah the gianni agnelli link is that that's a new one i've never heard that ever i don't know if i and i don't know if i'll ever hear that again frankly but i actually only support I'm only interested in management, like coaches and directors. I almost mm. support teams because of that. I have no, like, I'm weirdly enough, I'm not into football because of the game. Sometimes I actually think about that, you know. I think of how you, I have a banking background. My dad's a banker. My family are all bankers. My partner's, ba- like, everything has always been revolved around how to build the perfect company. So mm-hmm. I've always been attracted to people that I thought did things well. You know, like I was probably the only Ed Woodward fan there was in the world, you know, because of what the guy did in M&A, like in mergers and acquisitions for gold, like for Morgan Stanley, I think he was at the time. It was like he was a legend in the financial world. He's terrible as, you know, a sporting, sporting director in the sense that you know he's never bought the right guy. But I've always been hugely obsessed with how things are run. And I loved the way that Juve was run. I still love the way that Juve is run. I have issues with it now because of sporting reasons. Um, not for others, you know, but just it's, it, it, I've always been, that's what it's attracted me to. So like Agnelli, you know, like the way that, you know, I thought Paratici and Marotta did, you know, like these types of things have always been, mm-hmm. whereas Lazio at the time, I was like, okay, this is a bit of a disaster. Are you, you kidding know? me? Like, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if, well, listen, if management is what attracts you to, to, to a club, then there are definitely, re- there are 101 reasons to, 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 uh, to have, uh, to a boycotted Lazio, so that makes that makes complete sense. But you are right. I mean, obviously, you were the first to do many things. I think we were the first to go public and offer an IPO. Certainly, the first club in Italy to own our own stadium in Serie A, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I know Udinese did it around the same time as us. But even just the rebrand that we're seeing a lot of other clubs kind of kind of replicate fairly recently. I think you see a lot of clubs kind of go a little bit more simplistic in their their their. Their, their 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 logos their, their 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 branding their imagery we did that first it, you know we did it four years ago a lot of people hated it at first and it's starting to it's starting to kind of you know seep in i think a, a lot of people are realizing that it, it, it works in modern football you were pillars in a lot of 
facets of business within yeah well, well, emoji and stuff is not really a great you know defense that i have for all of, no. all of these things you know but it, 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 it is italy after all right yeah so. it is italy and it's not really these things perhaps it was more the agnelli factor or more like you know as you grow and to this day you learn things like that I, at the time i didn't honestly ever believe anything was dodgy i just never in a million years i just thought all these people were conspiracy theorists you know mm-hmm. and so then you start growing up and you see things for yourself and you're like oh okay <laughs> well the, the, there's an interesting question in this vein from giovanni we're going to read a few questions from giovanni just because i want to dedicate this episode to him he's he's working hard but he he pushed giovanni, hard we'll do this, this together <laughs> Yes, definitely. I hope so. So uh, speaking of management, he asks, Mina, you've just been appointed as a right-hand woman to Andrea Agnelli with full powers over the strategy and decision-making for the club. What do you do to improve Juve and to put the club in the best position to compete both domestically and continentally for years to come? I mean, this is such a loaded question. <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like I need a whole Listen, year to Listen, you said an <laughs> you said you are this should a be financial your dream. background. This should be your dream. Yeah, I mean, if, if that if that's what interests you, I mean, this should be this should be like the thing that interests you the most in in, in football. This would be like the job that <laughs> this would yeah, be this is, a job this for is, you. Well, let's get into more world. more more specific. The next question he asks is: uh, Dybala has been pretty much a ghost at Juve all season. Do you still see him in the future of the club? This is basically, you know, kind of a kind of a we're giving you a decision to make here. Okay. Um, be careful here because we have a lot. Of, be, uh, well, yeah, I mean that's the, we will delve into that question um, as 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 your first order of business as a right hand woman to Andrea Agnelli. Oh, so, okay. So what I'm going to do is that I think the first thing is to make sure that I have a, a management balance that's cor- that's correct. I feel like what happened, it's not that I'm a huge fan of Beppe Marotta. I think he's the greatest director since sliced bread. I do think that he was a sensible voice in between ambitious bodies. Um, so you ha- you'll have, you know, your Paratici who sees the big picture and he he dreams of like, he, he's basically a closet Real Madrid fan. You know, he loves the Galactico era. He's obsessed with everything that they had built at the time. He wants the team to be full of like your Ronaldinho's and your, you know, old school Ronaldo. And and so for him, it was always like, I want to make this Juve huge. And then Marotta was sort of the sensible guy who was like, okay, let's, let's bring in these other players to plug the right gaps. They've got experience they've got this they've got that Nedved for me is the one who wants this team to be almost Barcelona you know like I want that I want the beauty the ambition of of the great football and I just I I care about that the least because like I said I'm Mm -hmm. a businesswoman for all I care is about the bottom line you know trophies I don't care the way that they've been I, I I don't need to play Pub Guardiola football to get a trophy and be happy with it you know um, I've always been a fan of a pragmatist. I don't like tactically stubborn coaches. I hate Marco Giampaolo. I'm not a fan of Pep Guardiola. So, uh, you know, these aren't the, my thing. I'd probably get rid of Nedved. <laughs> so, oh, interesting. Um, mm-hmm. I think he made the decision to get rid of Allegri, and I think that that was a bad decision. I think, honestly, I would probably bring bring Allegri back. And I know that really annoys people, but not because I think he's the world's greatest manager. But because I think the way that he thinks, and if you ever met or spoken to him, he is on another level of intelligence. He is not, maybe he loves football and it's obviously his favorite thing in the world, but he is not as obsessed with football in the same way that Gasparini is or Antonio Conte is. He doesn't think about it 24-7. He used to literally walk into that dressing room, 
about half an hour before the team had to go and be like, okay, guys, so this is this is the formation. This is just playing, you know what to do and walk out. And it was just like he had trusted the way that he had developed those players. And the thing that he loved the most was teaching. He loved to teach them. Like the way that, have you noticed Kessie in, for example, for Milan, he always puts in the effort. He's always in the right channel. He's always knowing which foot to stop from his opponent. He's so well prepared for each opponent that he faces that's teaching that's because of purely and that's something that he has mastered in his game only under purely he's always been terrific but under purely he is especially terrific that's the kind of thing that I think Allegri does really well and I think he's really good when it comes to balancing the team so when all of them were telling him about let's bring in the stars and let's bring in these players he just said I want a midfield. And he kept saying to him, I want a midfield. I want a midfield. I want a midfield. And they kept, they bought him Blaise Matuidi. And, and mm-hmm. it's like, okay, that's great. But he, he you know, he, he doesn't need Ronaldo and Matuidi. He wants, just give him Isco. And Isco was great, you know, just that's the one guy he asked for. And I just feel like he understands football to another level. And he unfortunately will always be referred to as a coward because he lost to Champions League finals, but he's just not that because I think that he realized things. And I would honestly get rid of all of these Ramsey and Rabios and, you know, mm-hmm. and try to make a team that's tactically balanced. So a team that has players that know how to possess the ball and play with the ball and feel comfortable on the ball and runners in between. But I'd only have four direct players and the rest are ball possession players. Right now, it's the other way around for us. I think we have two ball possess- you know, players that are comfortable on the ball, which are Bonucci and Arthur, basically. Mm-hmm. And that's it. The rest of the team just runs. Well, what do you know? There's a there's a question related to that from Giovanni. In my opinion, Allegri has been one of the best Italian coaches of this generation. Ultimately, the relationship with the fans soured and his calls to be ousted grew too loud for the club not to listen. Do you see a return? I guess you already answered that. Do you see a return of Max Allegri back to Juve at some point in the future? It does make sense, though. We've been advocating for it for a while. I like what you uh, I like the way you described it, Mina, because I think a lot of people don't realize how holistic a how holistic an approach he took. You know what I mean? We, yeah. I was joke. I was joking about Sadi before and, and, and having ideas that he was willing to die on a hill for <laughs> that's all, that's all great. You know, it worked for him to a certain degree, but I don't know that that sort of thing works long-term. And one thing we said on our pod last week and kind of just shooting the shit, talking privately between ourselves in our group chat is that it does make sense to bring Allegri back as much as the Pirlo brand works. And b- because he probably more than any other manager that we have access to right now that, that is available or that we've, you know, or that we've had in recent memory makes sense as a long-term almost Marcello Lippi type, or even like a Fergie type who could be at a club for a good 10 years and not necessarily be a part of one specific objective, which is we got to win the champions league. You know what I mean? But more of like a long-term, okay, he's he's our guy. He's going to manage the the project but the project itself you know the the, pro, the project is to always just win and do well but within that are a couple of micro projects where okay over this two-year period we need to rebuild in this specific area and we're going to make changes in this specific area it doesn't have to be a cataclysmic change all the time which is what we've seen the past couple of you know the, the past couple of seasons under two new managers i think with Allegri, you do get that stability that does work long term uh mm-hmm. because he's not because he because he was also very good at kind of making on the fly season by season adaptations based on the players he had and he's much more tactically flexible than a guy like 
Guardiola or a guy like Conte. Just kind of wanted to circle back to some of the points you made. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if you'd like to kind of elaborate a little bit more on it because Giovanni, uh, me, have, Mina, have question, you? But you did kind uh, of already touch on some of those. Um, those Mina, have you have you have you heard of anything regarding Allegri as a person in the know in the industry? Like, is there any talk what he's about to choose, or is he really holding on for that Juve position? No, he's he's holding out for Madrid. Um, I oh, think wow. that's the, from what I understand is if they do lose Sudan, that's the guy that they'd want at the top because he is um, he's not a man manager in the same vein as Antonio Conte. He's more of the Ancelotti type, um, probably a little bit more discipline uh, than than Ancelotti, but he kind of lets you get on with it. He trusts you if you're good enough. He doesn't need to like you know Sergio Ramos doesn't like an Antonio Conte figure. A lot of Real Madrid players don't want that. It makes sense because he's tactically flexible. Um, He's a pragmatist. And they are a collection of great individuals, but perhaps not players that are adept at one particular style of play, you know, like, say, Manchester Mm -hmm. City are. Um, I think that since that job might not be available for a while, um, it all doesn't matter because, you know, it all depends on what happens with Zidane. Agnelia, I know, is a huge fan of Allegri. And I feel like there's a part of him that hates Mm -hmm. the fact that he let him go. I don't think that will ever be spoken about. I know that Paratici is a huge fan of his because I remember when we had this conversation and he said to me, like, he was, like, when I, when I said to him, you're really going to go for Allegri and let go of Antonio Conte? He's like, I didn't let go of Antonio Conte. He walked out on us, you know? Mm. Um, and at the time, I was like, is, do you feel Allegri is the best option? He goes to me, this guy is mind-bogglingly intelligent. He's like, mm. he blows you away. And at the time, I was like, okay, whatever. Like, he makes good substitutions for Milan. I didn't think anything of it, to be honest. But then you speak to him. Neither of us, none of us did, you know? When yeah, he got no. appointed, He's it relaxed. Like... It's holistic. He is relaxed. Yeah. If you hear him talk, he makes sense. He makes sense. He, he, he understands. And he, he he understands what the objective is, but I think he also understands that football isn't necessarily life, if that makes sense. Yes, yes. I, th- I, th- I think it translates into the way he communicates with his players. It's more real. It's more human. And again, I think that's healthy over long term. I think you can establish uh, almost a managerial like dynasty over, I don't know, a decade. I, I don't think it's that far-fetched. Um and well, well let's... assessments that you would like at the time when Arturo Vidal was there and, you know, they were like, oh, you know, we've got this warrior. And he's like, yeah, he's not my player. So you can let him go if you want. Yeah. And at the time I was like, what are you talking about? Like Vidal was our best player, you know, mm-hmm. but he saw through the fact that the type of football that he wanted to introduce, the type of football, by the way, that it wasn't hugely much better than Conte's. It was just one that could win in Europe. It, it needed to involve a certain type of, of play that he didn't feel that, Vidal would be capable of all the time and it's things that he noticed if you talk to him about the theater he knows everything if you talk to him about horses he knows everything if you talk to him about football he knows there's nothing the guy cannot speak Mm. about and everything's always done in a monotone so you almost think he's like a robot but Mm -hmm. it's just this he has this insane ability of understanding the game where you know, that's why when he talked to him about formations, he laughs because he's just like, it really doesn't matter if it's a four four two or a three five two. It's about the scheme, you know? And I'm always like, yeah, I hear that, We've listeners. Got that. We've got to know that, you know, because you know, you're journalists and you've got to write down something, right? And and he's just like, it no, it's just as long as the players know what they're supposed to do. And it was it's simple things that people don't see, like the fact that when you're building a team, you can't have players. Like now, Paratici wants, or at least the gossip is, I don't know for a fact, actually, that we're after Gossens from Atalanta. 
Mm-hmm. And I think he's a wonderful guy on the, you know, out wide. He's a wonderful player. He's been amazing for Atalanta. And really, there's so many teams that he would give a huge, like, uplift to. But our entire team just runs. No one is comfortable on the ball. So we're going to add one more player like that? You see, if, if, if Allegri was there, he would have just laughed and walked off. And Paratici would have understood that that's the <laughs> wrong thing so. to do. But the thing is, is that right now, you know, Pirlo's like, well, you know, what do you think? <laughs> you know, because he doesn't, he, he's trying to also be a company man, you know? He's also, a lot of his ideas are very theoretical right now. I think we're seeing that yeah. a lot of the philosophy and practice just isn't working. I mean, everyone, everyone keeps talking about that, that famous, that famous, or that, that now famous slash infamous, I don't know, call it what you want, that thesis that everyone was discussing back in October. I mean, I was fascinated to read it again. He, he's one of the guys that I grew up watching. That I grew up watching play, and 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 he, he's he, the narrative around him was always that he was like this fascinating intellectual figure, right? Even though he never he never really spoke that often, but just the yeah. way he the way he played, right, almost gave the aura. And I guess maybe the fact that he had a winery, or whatever, uh, gave off the aura that he was this like deep intellectual figure. So everyone was fascinated by this by this thesis of his. It was great in you know in practice, but in principle, excuse me, it was great in principle. But we're seeing that now in practice doesn't quite work. That's one thing about Allegri that I know Giovanni would be screaming over the mic if he were a part of this discussion no, is that he was a great <laughs> pragmatist. He was. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm really sorry, but if it doesn't, it's not working. Like, at, what is this obsession with playing out from the back? Even Antonio Cassano was saying, it's like, you know, we don't give youth a chance because all we're obsessed with is playing out from the back because we've all got a copy of Pep Guardiola. Like, what happened to having, you know, our own tactical revolution, doing something on our own, you know? Germany and Klopp was the Gengen pressing and Guardiola is the tiki-taka. Why is yeah. it just trying to copy like why don't you your home of tactics Statistics. why are we all trying to do these things like just play your own style yeah well guardiola would argue that statistically when you hold the ball longer even if you get the odd mistake playing out the back more of the time it makes more sense to hold on to the ball rather than try to play it long and maybe sure. lose it that's, that's what he would argue anyway you know but but, but but you have to have ball players at the back and all over their team. I mean, Guardiola's teams are basically mm-hmm. midfield heavy. Like they're players that like to possess the ball and they want the ball and they're comfortable on the ball. The goalkeeper so Juventus, wants the ball. <laughs> you know. Edison. Yeah, exactly. And so Juventus's team, which is all runners basically, and they want to add more runners to that because they don't mm-hmm. think they have enough. You know. So <laughs> it, it's basically a case of I feel like it sprints right because you know, Ronaldo is not going to be the guy who dribbles it from the back to the front. <laughs> yeah, it's not no. going to be Morata for sure. We know even Case is just somebody who wants to run deep. 100%. There, there's yeah. no interplay. There's no Benzema. There's no Modric. There's no Busquets. Who's, who's playing the ball to these guys? And so there's when if you're playing out from the back, it's got to make sense. It's it, like everything's got to make sense according to who you have at the team. And this team is basically a counter-attacking side. Well, before we get to the next question, I know Giovanni has another uh, another decision for you to make as a director. Uh, we do not mention the name of Antonio Cassano on this podcast. And if you wanna, <laughs> if we wanna have a relationship here with you, we're 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 gonna just nip that in the bud. Um, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> he just constantly clowns Juve, and and sometimes yeah, Juve. we actually sometimes have a segment on my pod on my podcast on the cultural podcast called "Retired Cassano Says Stuff." Um, it was <laughs> it, it, it 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 it's its genesis came when he retired unretired retired again and unretired again to go on trial at i think it was entella for a year only to retire a final time and uh while this was all while this was all going on he kept coming out in the media and making ridiculous statements which he continued to do post-retirement post-final retirement so yeah um 
Don't you yeah. like the fact that he thinks UV is not for him because he's not professional <laughs> enough? <laughs> I kind of like that. I thought that was a compliment to UV. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gianni Agnelli isn't professional enough for Antonio Cassano. <laughs> no, no. He was saying that as an I was never the Agnelli that. brand. Is... I was never professional enough to play for a UV. I was oh, never like. Okay, no, I, I misunderstood that's what, what you he said. Was well, it's self-aware of him. It's self-aware of him. I mean, we saw what happened when he went to Real Madrid. <laughs> you know yeah but one, one of the one of those pictures that you see is like oh my god he actually played for them but anyway next question speaking of speaking for of how you uh, cut out there for a sec what was yeah. that oh sorry about that yeah. for, for how do you there i'm there you guys can you guys hear me yeah you're gonna have to chop that out in post but yeah go, go what, were, what were you saying what were you saying about casano um no not not casano i want to move on to the next question from uh from giovanni so um it's a it's a long-winded question. Basically, it says, so w do you build, um, uh, do you favor a more balanced approach of renewing the squad across the board, or do you go just all out for for Holland and and build a team around him? No, no, I hate that. I hate this type of building. What well, this isn't building. This is get a superstar and hope to God he'll rescue you. It's a plaster effect, you know. Where did we hear that before? <laughs> I I'm listen. For me, the brain of a team is your midfield. If you've got a good midfield, you're good to go. You can chuck yourself, you know, you can you can put any player up front, you know, Vujinic and Matry, you could put whatever you like. But if you have a good midfield and an intelligent midfield, then you're good to go. And so that's the only department that I care about. And I want it to be full of ball players. I want it to, I want one dynamic presence in there. I want... I love direct and, and, and vertical football, but I also want a team that works and collaborates together. You know, I look at Frank Kessier and Ben Esser and I'm jealous. I look at Ericsson and Brozovic and I'm and Barella and I'm jealous. And I just think we used to have Marquisio and Pogba and Pirlo and Vidal. And now it's, what is this? What is this madness? <laughs> like I, I, Rabio only runs or passes the ball backwards. You know, I'm not a fan of Rabios. I'm sure that loads of people are. Um, Ramsey, the guy's always injured, so I don't really know how to make an assessment of him. Arthur is good on the ball, but he doesn't trust himself in the long passes, so it's all quite short passes. At least he's comfortable on the ball, so I'm happy with that. Ben Tenkor, I, I just feel like, yeah, all right, you were okay under Sally, but really the rest of the... And because you had also Blaise Matuidi and Pjanic, now when you're asked to put you know, a lot more pressure on you you're not that great i absolutely love your honesty i <laughs> sorry i feel like it. this is so rude but like that you know what totally i mean fine. i just they're good players but they're just not for me uv well, mina this know? is why we wanted to have you on because you're because uh, although there's some things that you maybe can't say on, on television or that you want to maybe you know kind of bite bite your tongue bite your tongue for i mean you, you at the end of the day you're 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 uh you're one of us you're an ambassador you're, 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 you're a juventina <laughs> you're, a, you're a juventina ambassador to the uh to the to the uh, to the Polish media world, so so yeah, you're 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 back among your people, and I'll say whatever it is you want. I agree, though. Look, look, it's obvious that we need a couple of key acquisitions in midfield. I don't I don't think the Holland thing is going to happen this year anyway. I mean, it'd be great. He scores a lot. It's fantastic. You know, he's he's a very sexy number nine. He's young. That always gets people going. But uh, as I understand, I could be wrong, but I think there's an I think there's a release clause that only comes into effect in a year at least. Yeah, I think it's a non-factor this year. I think you want to definitely go for two midfielders. We've been saying well, we've been strong for a while, like a, a Locatelli type for Hadzari. I'll let you chime no in. Uh, yeah, like a Locatelli type or a DePaul type would be fantastic because I mean they've both proven that well, they we both need work another in one as well. 
like this is the thing everyone's just associate just one ball play i want like about three if it's up to me you don't well, think that sp- Arthur Locatelli sp- and the we'll, we'll get to that, guys. Uh, give me just on one second. Um, I, I love how we segue into these questions because uh, we'll kind of switch up. We'll go, we'll go back to Giovanni's questions, but I want to switch it, switch it up a little bit. And there, it's like three questions in one, and it's basically the same question from Niket, yeah, Vera, read it out then, so. and, and, and Dom. They, they're all wondering, uh, basically, it's the same question. Uh, what midfielders would you like to see next season? And um, uh, so it's know, a good real, place to real, take it. It's a good place to take up where where we left off. Then yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Paul, what do, what do you think? Yeah, Mina, just for fun, see if you go against all the you know all the drums we've been banging the past few weeks. I do want Locatelli. I also want Hussein Maoua. I do like him a lot. Um, mm. I would have loved a Camavinga, if I'm honest. <laughs> um, I know that he is probably going to go to Real Madrid and that's where he wants to go, so I understand it. Every young French kid wants to go to Real Madrid. It's yeah, every, I mean, it is Zidane. French, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so, I think no, the, 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 Zidane, the Zidane effect is real, but I think a lot of young kids who grew up watching Benzema play there too. Yeah, yeah, that's on, so true. I love, I we're love not talking Benzema. about the same. We're not talking about the same generation of people who grew up watching Zidane. Now, bear in mind, like we're talking. I'm 23 and I'm old uh, compared to some of this, compared to some kids that are coming up now. And I re- and the first game that I remember Zidane playing was his last game at the World Cup of 2006. Put that in perspective. Really? Oh. Yeah. Benzema is a huge reason why a lot of young French guys want to go to Madrid. Benzema is my favorite number nine in the world. I think, I mean, honestly speaking, he makes me, he's the kind of player that I watch that it makes me hurt because I can't understand how smart he is. Like I've just, he's the number nine that shocks me because I know that people love number nines that are like Lewandowski and, and I, and I love these guys too. I think Luis Suarez is stunning to watch, you know, especially in his prime. But there's something about the fact that Benzema can play any role you ask him to do. You, know, you want selfish. a facilitator, you want a facilitator, you want a finalizer, you want a, yeah. you want a pure number nine, you want a number 10. He does everything. His tactical intelligence, the way he takes Vinicius Jr., Rodrigo, whoever it is under his wing, the way he's like, Ronaldo, you need me to be an assist guy, I'll be your assist guy. I'll do anything you he's ask He's weirdly me. unselfish for a number nine. He's really unselfish for a number nine. So so smart. But but what about his behavior on Instagram? Do you do you approve of that of the <laughs> of the flashiness and of you're the asking profession? me or you're asking me now because I think no, you, you ask I, a young you ask you ask a young man like myself I think you're gonna have very different answers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. My friends and I send each other DMs like oh my god this uh, guy's a freaking baller oh my god look uh, at this. stop it is Wait, it, I don't, is it that bad is I don't feel like he's that bad it's, it's amazing it's incredible. I, and he's I'm a not. Listen, he, listen. He works hard for his money. I'm, I'm half kidding. But players like him, Memphis Depay. If you go on their Instagrams and the, you know that that feeling of they want to be rap stars is just funny to me. <laughs> I'm not. I have no opinion on it. It's just. It's so tacky to me. Um, Memphis Depay actually but, does rap, which is funny, but. I do yeah, think I know, it's I worse know. when it's like a coach, like when Villas Boas used to run up, like uh, drive up with in a Ferrari when the rest of the team can't afford one and, and Spurs at the time. <laughs> I feel like that's what's bad. I do feel like if you're a player and you're a Real Madrid player and, and you've been screwed over by your national team and not picked for Giroud, I, I just feel like he's probably built up a lot of anger there. And and, wor- <laughs> and, and worse and worse yet, seeing them seeing them win a World Cup. I mean, it's not, it's not like, yeah. it's not, it's not like it was a stupid decision. It worked. It was done for a reason. I mean, that, that almost makes it more infuriating if you're Benzema. I don't know if you saw the, I don't know if you guys saw the Anelka documentary that was out on Netflix. Um, I couldn't did help. You but see, did, the, did you see the Benzema one? I didn't. I didn't know there was a Benzema one, but I, I, I think I'll, it's on prime there. I might have to watch that then because it's funny. We, my, 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 my podcast co-host and I, Nick, uh, Nick and I watched 
<clears throat> watched it a couple weeks ago and we reviewed it on the pod and we were just we were we were we were astounded by how how much of a psycho the guy was and we forget that the guy played at Juve for six months, which is hilarious. But it, like like Anelka, Isn't he Anelka, like best friends with Omar Sy, the guy who was yes, Antouchable. Yes, okay. yes, they grew up in the same part of. I think it was Paris um, in the same oh, year together. He's my favorite actor. One of my favorites. Yeah. Well, he's actually in the documentary, so you should definitely watch it. Oh. I encourage all listeners to as well. But one thing, I know we're getting a little off topic from Juve here, but so far, Hyde, yes, I know you'll want to take it back to, 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 I'm sure you'll want to take it back to center in a sec, but I just Listen, as, long, as long as, as long I, as Mina is in, enjoying, um, I'm, oh, no, I'm here. I'm here. This is, this I'm is telling go, you though, there's this, this, this weird, this weird thing that goes on that's gone on in France over the past 20 years where you've had two of their best forwards, Benzema and Anelka, who both featured very sparingly for the national team. So with Anelka, it was a very similar thing where he was, he was snubbed a couple of times and they went on to win uh, the World Cup in 1998 without him. Granted, he was quite young. He was there in 2000. He didn't do a whole lot with the team. And he actually talked about how pissed off he was that he didn't play well, even though they won the tournament. Like, I don't know, some... some. But with Benzema, they blame him for the way that he obviously handled things off the pitch, you know, the the stuff that had happened with, you know... Yeah, that was know. next level, right? The, 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 there was alleged criminal activity that got... Yeah, so we don't know. I mean, obviously, that's probably the reason Deschamps won't choose him. But I do feel like there's just really weird choices that happen in the French national team sometimes, you know? I know. And I get that Benzema maybe made a mistake. I don't know how far, you know, that it is... Con- considered but this is like probably one of the best number nines that you've ever had like one of you know like consider him as an italian it drives me up a freaking wall to see guys like benzema get snubbed to see guys like maru icardi get snubbed by their national team especially in the case of france because they went on to win without him it's like oh my god you have benzema you're not even taking him and you're starting you guys are still winning major tournaments it's it's insane as an italian who's been who's been hoping that mario balotelli would be the (laughs) (laughs) would be the guy forever obviously that that went up in flames mina speaking of balotelli have you seen the the thread on twitter where somebody put the pictures of uh, of Balotelli at his clubs and so good in reverse. Can you can you explain it? Yes, I. No, tell I me. It's it's incredible. Basically, what it does is it it takes Balotelli's career and it totally reverses it, and it makes so much more sense. He starts off uh, he starts off at Monza, at yeah. small at small at small local club <laughs> Monza and Serie B, and and makes his way uh, makes his way to Brescia, gets promoted. Right, he doesn't get relegated. He gets promoted to uh, to Serie A with his hometown club, and then and then ultimately it's has, like a what <laughs> has a little has a little foray in France. Does does pretty well for Nice. Um, has a has a. <laughs> He transfers to, transfers to Liverpool. It doesn't work out, so he goes on loan to Milan, regains some form, transfers to Man City, wins the league, and then at the peak of his powers, uh, goes to <laughs> goes to goes to the Euro final with Italy and uh, and uh, and wins the Champions League with Inter, only to finish out his career at Lumezzana, a little club in City of Chi, close to where he was raised. I well, think. So- Speak, speaking so wait, of wait, hold it on, makes hold so on. much so more he's sense. He's a Benjamin Button. <laughs> yes, yes, I love that. it appears so. So speaking of uh, European European games, Lorenzo, thank you so much for your question. And again, the guys really came through with the questions. We're going to go through all of them. Um, uh, Lorenzo is asking, what's the biggest European heartbreak with Juve that you, that, that you experienced? The heartbreak, there's been many. I'm, I know which is my Absolutely. favorite game. Hey, take your, take your pick. We were talking about this off pod before about, you know, how long we've all been supporting the club. And you guys have, you guys have seen a few more European heartbreak moments than I have. So you have more to pick from Mina. 
I think 97's Champions League final was disastrous. Yes, um, I, 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 I definitely, definitely cried on that one because I was still, yeah. in, still in an age Aww. where, where and we you were could favorites. Cry. We were uh, favorites. Delivio yeah. had walked out with one nil written on his hand, and he taunted Real Madrid because Real Madrid were actually the underdogs in that. Yeah, and Juve was Juve. They'd reached, you know three Champions League finals in a row. It was Ajax, uh, yeah. Dortmund, and now Real Madrid. And it was just, they were the kings, you know. And Delivio walked out with his little swagger and all five foot three of him. I don't know how tall he is. And, <laughs> and I, he was, I loved him so much. He's still one of my favorite yeah. players. He was such a warrior. And he was just like, yeah, this is what we do. We win one nil, we're Juve. <laughs> and, then, mm. and then I remember at the time, um, I, who it was... Raul, who said that he felt really slighted and he felt like it was so disrespectful, uh, respectful the way that they were treated. And he said, I don't come hell or high water, we're winning 1-0 just to piss them off. Even if it's from an offside goal, right? Yeah, even if it is, for exactly. Mm. Um, at the time, though, I was a fan of Yupanka, so that was the only thing that made me feel better was that it was him. Wow, but the job. other heartbreak for me was Buffon, the dustbin um, for our yes. heart <laughs> when we got that penalty. Did, yeah, did, you have that to do, did you have to do reports after that game? And, and what was Yeah, your... no, I was in, in, I was crying. I couldn't oh, do the show. God. I was yeah. in floods of oh, tears, wow. not because of the way it was anything. It was just, it was, I really felt disrespect. I really felt like, sorry, if it was Allegri who was in charge at the time, you know? Wasn't it Allegri? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it was Allegri. Yes, yeah. yes, it was. He it was his and second to last year. And it was Buffon. Yeah, that was it. And it was Buffon's last year, I think, you know. We um, thought it was going to be his last year ever. And bear in yeah. mind, this is a few months removed from the World Cup, um, the World Cup heartbreak of. of yes, of, exactly. Of it was the whole the thing. Like you, round to Sweden. Yeah, exactly. I, I just felt like my career was ending. I don't know how to explain. You know, I obviously like I talk about Italian football and there was no I wasn't traveling to Russia for the World Cup. Like, you know, it was just everything was just falling apart. And I was like, how could you do this to mm. us? Like, how? How could you do this? to And in retrospect, I mean, listen, if we had had VAR, then probably would have been the right call. It was very close. I, I, I was livid at yeah, the time. I still yeah. look at it sometimes and I put on, I put on my Juventino lens and I, 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 I still think that's not a penalty, but let's be honest. It, it probably was a penalty, but we were just yeah. so, we were just all so blinded by, by emotion and narrative because it was such a good emotion. narrative. Yeah. It was a great narrative too. We had come back at the Bernabeu and him saying that was such a great quote. I'm happy you brought this up because you know what? A lot of people, a lot of people, I guess my age who have only really seen the last 15, you know, 10, 15 years of you, but will probably name a Champions League final loss as being their biggest European heartbreak, understandably. But I think you have a case, there's a good case to make that 2018, maybe it's recency bias, but there's a good case to make the 2018 was really bad as well because it felt like we, it felt like we could have done something. Yeah, I really felt like we could have. We lost to them the year before. We were, we were defending finalists. And again, everything Buffon said encapsulated how I think every fan was feeling. In order for the ref to do that, he must have a trash bin for a heart. And yeah, it's, but it's it not, doesn't make it's, sense. It's but so, it, but it's it's so doesn't make sense. And I felt so sorry for him afterwards when he said that he'd gotten, you know, the ref had all of these threats and, you know, like they were scared to leave their house. And I just thought, God, you know what fans are like, you know, they can yeah. be horrible. But at the time, I just thought, how are you allowed to sleep at night? <laughs> like, I, I, I really I just, took issue I just with couldn't, it. I just couldn't believe the 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 luck, the UV luck. I, we were there; we could smell it. Everything was oh. going right. I I just like you 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 find things to blame it on, but you just you just can't. It's uh, so uh, 
kind of switching gears from that, Patrick, pa what's up, Patrick? He's a he's a he's a uh, loyal listener. Thank you so much. So he's asking, what's your favorite Scudetto win? Of the, the last nine years, it's going to be the, the first. first right? <laughs> well, it's like I seven, two I years in a row. I love when people answer that. I love when people answer that. I have, I have a follow-up question. If we win this year, will your answer be the same? Because think about no. how much we will no have to way. overcome. It's this one. To right. <laughs> Not saying it'll happen, but but if you know, we still have the Napoli game in hand. That's that's the joke that we. Yeah, have. and then then and game in hand, points. bro. Game in game in hand, bro. Game in hand, bro. It's still open, bro. Wide open, bro. <laughs> So every, guy, every guy at the cafes around my around my houses. Game in hand, bro. We got the game in hand, bro. Don't worry about <laughs> it. You know what? I, ha I have a lot of uh, pessimistic interfans as friends, which really, I really enjoy pessimistic interfans because they're just like, <laughs> <laughs> they're just fun to listen to. My mo my favorite one is obviously the first one because it was undefeated. And it was, you know, I really thought that it was the end of Juve. And then two two years in a row, seven plays, like I just thought that was it. You know, like we were, it was going to take us, we were Liverpool, you know. And it was going to take us years to climb back to the position that we used to hold. And then, bam, undefeated Antonio Conte, the helm, our legend, our captain. It was out of this world, the feeling that I had. But the one I probably enjoyed the most, because you, watching that season, I was always my hand on my heart, you know, because Juve was, it was the first run they started to win again, right? But the one that I actually enjoyed the most was Allegri's first one, because it was like, we were just unstoppable everywhere, you know? We were just the expectations were low when he Yeah. Came in it was like this rubbish bin, so. yeah. rubbish bin of a team that he kept referring to, like, you know, 10 pound team that we weren't gonna do anything. And there we were, the Champions League final, we won the Scudetto, we won the Coppa Italia, we were just booming, you know? And I just felt for the first time I was comfortable watching Juve. I felt like we were gonna do this quite well, you know. I felt the same way at the end of that year. I felt like I don't know about you, Farhad, but I felt at the end of 2014-15 when we made the Champions League final that it was the start of something. I thought something okay, special. We'll, we'll we'll be back. We were. Yeah, like we we like this is like we're back to being Juve, you know, where we're not. We, the thing that irritated me, I think the the thing that actually made me like completely fall out of love with Conte at the time was when he said, "It's between us and Galatasaray for second place in our group." When we were with Real Madrid in a group and Galatasaray, we lost to Galatasaray. Do you remember? Yeah, Mancini. Oh, we'll remember. So it's that and, weird. And, and, that weird and when he said that, that, he that had that weird complex. And I'm like, I'm really sorry, but who's going to testify for us to be between us and them? Like, firstly, I don't want you to say stuff like that. I want you to say, of course, we're going to beat them. Why you, they, you know? Yeah, and I felt like he had really robbed us of that confidence. And I remember the first thing Allegri said is, why don't you think you guys can win the Champions League? And they were like, oh, because you know where this. And, and they really didn't believe they could win. They didn't even believe they could try in the champ in the group stage. And he was like, I don't understand, but why? And it was like Ancelotti, whenever Real Madrid played Bayern, they were always really scared. And he's like, well, I've always beaten them. So, and they did, and they won the decima. And I love that kind of arrogance that he brought in. Like, you're still Juve, guys. Like, this is still Juve. You, we can reach the final, and we're going to reach the final, and I'll show you how. And we reached the final. And I was yeah. like, this is. Speak, speak, but speak it into existence, right? For good or for, for good or for bad, for better or for worse. Speak it into existence. Speak it into existence that it's between us and Galatasaray, and it becomes between us and Galatasaray. Yeah, that's what a manager Lose has to it. do. They have to they have to sell they have to sell themselves and their ideas and the vision and the dream to their players. You know, oh, and then the draw to Nordischland. Oh my God! I was like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
But so yeah, but so ne next, sorry to interrupt. Next question comes from Daniel. He's our resident uh, CR fanboy, but uh, comparing to oh comparing to others, he's he. I I allowed him to um, to to be the the resident CR fanboy because it's he he's he's a respectful guy. So he's he has a question. One once a podcast, we do have to ask a Ronaldo question. If Ronaldo <laughs> left. If Ronaldo left this summer, do you think Juve would struggle even more for the first season like Madrid did when they struggled to replace him, his presence or would things get back to normal? Wait, what's back to normal? I was reaching Champions League finals. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I want to know. Maybe. Because... Basically, what, what do you think the atmosphere would be at the, at the club? That's a we yeah, that's a, but hang on, hang on. I'm sure he didn't mean this, but that's a weird way of framing it. Back to normal. I, because because I added that part to okay. be honest. Okay, yes. well, okay, okay, okay. But th think about it. You you did that subconsciously, but that's a weird way of framing something. You, you didn't true. you didn't intend to. But what is normal? What is normal? Is it's true. is it's true. you know having the having the biggest player in the world? All right, Mina. What's get, what's your what's your opinion? Ronaldo doesn't make or break us. Ronaldo is a great player. I feel like he doesn't deserve some of the criticism that he gets. I also feel like we've given up our soul for him as well in the sense that, you know, Juve thought that the way to win the Champions League was to buy the one thing that the two teams had that defeated them. You know, Barcelona had Messi and Real Madrid had Ronaldo. Mm -hmm. What Allegri's point was is that that's not the difference. The difference is I had Lemina on the bench and they had like, you know, Gareth Bale and Marco Asensio and Alvaro Morata, you know, and I need that bench. That's what he was trying to say, but it didn't matter because they don't listen to him, right? And that's why he was eventually let go. But for me, it's not, if Ronaldo goes, I don't think we're all of a sudden going to start winning doubles and reaching finals again. No, because I think, and, and nor do I think we're going to fall the way that Real Madrid does. It's about what management do. Madrid got unlucky because they invested in Hazard, who didn't end up being the champion that they wanted him to be because the guy is constantly in you know, the nurse's room. Um, for us, it's a case of, you know, just buy a better team. Just understand, you know, back when the team was created, when they were like talking to Vidal, Vidal was in Bayer Leverkusen and Nuri Shaheen was the guy that everyone was talking about, you know. And they picked Vidal because of the way he spoke. There was a lot of information that they used to gather on these players. You know, they talked about everything, their private lives, you know, whether they had problems, what, you know, what kind of insecurities they had, how they would balance the team in the dressing room. Is as much information being asked of these players now or is it just, oh, yeah, Ramsey's quite famous, right? He's, he's done pretty well for Arsenal. Let's bring him and in. And he's free. You know? Yeah, Rabio. Everyone talks about him in PSG. Let's bring him in. Like it, it's, I almost don't know whether these players are being scouted in the same way that they were before. That the way that Milan are doing now, you know. The problems Milan existed. Also, the problems existed before Cristiano, and they still exist now. And if he exactly. left tomorrow, they would still they would still exactly. be there. Exactly, because it's not that's him that's getting. making this. And I agree because he's the guy who's scoring the goal, despite the fact that he doesn't have Casemiro or Modric and, and correct behind correct. him. You know, correct. So he's like he is a plaster at the moment. By all means, Morata and you know Kulisevsky and Keza can also do a job because it's still Serie A's not of the you know it's not like come on you know at this moment <laughs> in time I feel like there is a little bit of a downfall when we're being knocked out left right and center by like every team in Europe you know but I think it's enough for us to win with with Morata Keza and Kulisevsky but Ronaldo gives us the fame that we were chasing.
And listen, up until 2016, Shaka was making more in commercial merchandising than we were. They had more sponsorships, more deals, more money coming in from that revenue stream than Juventus, who had already reached the Champions League final. Shaka is about to be relegated this season. They're a regional team. They're a big regional team. Yeah. In a well-managed league. Precisely. Milan has always been so good at commercial revenue because they always knew how to buy a player from certain teams or certain countries that would enhance the, the commercial revenue of their squad. But... Juve needed to learn branding and they went all out and, and basically tried to fix all the problems that they had with Ronaldo. And it has helped a lot. It has put them on the map. And think about this, yeah? The derby between Atletico and Real Madrid got 600,000 viewers. Juve's game against Crotone got 4 million. That oh just goodness. tells you how much Ronaldo makes a difference in terms of yeah. people now follow teams, which is why Agnelli, and I know he gets criticized for a lot because he speaks sometimes not in the best way, but... When he talks about the Super League or he talks about big players, he's trying to say that people follow players now. They don't necessarily follow teams. They love Ronaldo, so they follow him wherever he goes, you know? Okay, I'll be a Real Madrid fan while he's there. I'll be a Juve fan while he's there. There's not that many loyalists anymore who that's support why, a team. That's why the whole of the Middle East watched Juve play Crotone last week. <laughs> that's exactly what you know, it is. Just Four as they, million. Yeah. And the actual <laughs> derby between Ibra and Lukaku got less. That's a mind-blowing stat. I, but so, so I have a follow-up question. Um, will Cristiano leave or should Cristiano leave? Where, where do you think, where do you think, I don't know if you have any, I don't know if you're in the know at all, if you've heard any scoops, but that aside, like just your opinion, if you don't have anything concrete. What, Farhad, even, even you, 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 you and I haven't really spoken about this. I, I'd love to hear what both of you guys might think about the idea of Cristiano leaving. Do you think it's something that we maybe should do? Um, in order to, you know, I don't know, get some, get some I'll, cash I'll, I'll give my, stri- yeah, but, I'll give but, my uh, answer. Samina can get to it. Uh, yeah. No, <laughs> you don't okay. sell Cristiano Ronaldo. Okay. 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 But you, I don't know. Let me make the case. Cause I, I could, I could be persuaded to agree with you. I don't know where I actually necessarily stand on this, but you could make the case to play devil's advocate that you sell them, bring in some cash flow, and you could, you know, you, you have a little bit more, you have a little bit more expendable, expendable liquidity to spend this year, which is an issue post COVID, right? We had 300 million injected into the club, I think by Agnelli with the purpose of going out and making some acquisitions. Unfortunately, that, that funding wound up actually shielding us from the horrors of uh, the financial horrors of the pandemic. So we're in a position now where we keep hearing about how, you know, non ci sono i soldi. Okay. <laughs> it, it makes sense, you know, um, maybe take away some of the distraction of Cristiano, you know, um, have some, have some of the other players kind of zero in and focus on themselves. I, I don't know. These are cases you could make um, for had you gave an unequivocal no. Uh, Mina, um, do you give an unequivocal yes or no, or is it more complex in your view? Is Pelo still in charge? Let's say yes and let's say no. In 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 an ideal world, or whatever you whatever you <laughs> makes more sense. Well, if we go back to Giovanni's first question, like what would I do if I'm the right hand woman? Woman, you know, I would I would keep Ronaldo, um, and I would sell our entire midfield. All of them, actually. I would tell pretty much everyone except McKenny. I would even sell Arthur. Um, did you guys watch All or Nothing for Brazil on Amazon Prime? I do no, watch a lot of these no, I, things. No, no, no. But I, I, I've got it on my list. I started watching the first episode. Why? Why? Why, uh, why do you ask? He's uh, Artur is not comfortable um, playing with an injury, which makes sense. So, you know, I understand like not everyone wants to do that, but he's he, look, the the player's injury prone. Uh, Ramsey's injury prone, Dybala's injury prone. For me, you're out. 
if you're injury prone, I, I can't deal with it because the reason why Antonio Conte isn't just doing so well is because have you heard of Lukaku being out? Have you heard of Barella being out? It's why Milan fell out of the race. It's why Milan fell out of the race because everyone at Milan. And I would want a fitness director of Antonio Pintas. He was there under Zidane for three years, won the Champions League for three years in a row. He's now into, look what they're doing. I want that fitness Mm. trainer or someone of that ilk who was at Juventus before, in in fact. So I would get a great fitness trainer. That's the first thing I do because we look exhausted in so many matches. And I understand it's every three days, it's hard, whatever it is, you know. I would get rid of all the injury-prone players, I do like Dybala. This was a question before in the sense that he's at least a ball player. He's fine on the ball. I just, for me, he's never lived up to the expectations of Dybala. So I need a guy who, you know, performs consistently every year and I'm not worried. You know, I don't have to doubt it. If he, you know, he, it's not, he's always, he's a perfectionist. Every movement's got to be amazing or he doesn't even try. And I can't deal with that for me. I need, I need somebody who's just hungrier than he is. I'm, I'm not know? even sure what his best position is. And he's just, been, we don't maybe, know. maybe I'm a more, maybe I'm, maybe I'm stupid. I don't know, but I've been watching the guy for how, for however many years now, for five years, five years, five, six years. I still don't know what his best position is. I say no. that he. I, I keep saying that he could play as a number nine because he's he's actually deadly enough in the box. He just wouldn't be a traditional poacher. People say I'm nuts, but when he plays centrally, I've liked him. But yeah, but he wants to start where Bonucci's standing. He wants to start next to him, and I'm just like, oh, where are you? You know, why are you so deep, kid? You know, like, what are you doing? He's not pulling any punches. I love it. He just he bothers me so much, and I know, like, <laughs> oh, so for him, me, he's out too. Well, Man United would pay a pretty penny for him, so. I mean, if if we could if we could sell him after he was basically injured the entire season and had two out of the past three seasons be poor ones, and he wants in a raise, like what? What money? We're broke, dude. You know, (laughs) (laughs) like who? Who's Real Madrid's broke? I don't know where. You know, Barcelona will get another loan. I don't know how they've got like fifteen years at the moment. I don't know, but I'm starting to like the idea of of Mina just running Juve. Just let let uh, let Andrea just take a back seat and, and we we we, we should listen. The, sec- <laughs> the second Mina said that that Gianni Agnelli was the reason that she got into supporting Juve, I think we could have probably turned over the keys to her and felt safe about it. <laughs> let's, let's, let's go. Let's start. Let's start like, like, a hashtag. Give it. A, give it. A, give it a whirl. Why not? Sound, listen. Uh, this, this could be your manifesto. This whole podcast can be your manifesto. We started off. You started off by talking about how you've you've had uh, you've had many partners who have just been like very unequivocally against Valentine's Day, and you know <laughs> we were saying how it's good that people have their convictions. Listen, you've got your convictions. You know what works. You're a corporate. You're a corporate woman. You're a corporate person. That's what gets you going. Fucking A. Let's make it happen. This will be your uh, manifesto. So, so we have a couple of questions from let's let's burn through the the listener not burn through, but um um let's answer a couple of remaining questions from Habib. Um he's asking um how important are homegrown players for US DNA? And that he's he also says that it's clear that we've shifted away from that and it's been nothing but a fail. What are your, is that a fair assessment? What do you think, Mina? Before we let Mina take this one, we were actually talking about this with Maurizio a couple of weeks ago. Maurizio is from around Turin. Mina, you've probably seen them on social media. He's, he's in the city of Torino. Um, yeah. Kind of an interesting, because I, I think how one might answer this depends if you're in Torino or not, or if you're in Italy or not. Really? Why? 
I don't know. I just I think that people that I think the people around the region of Piemonte tend to enjoy seeing a Claudio Marchisio type even more or differently than I do. I like him because I fundamentally understand that he's Juventino just as I am, but he's not from my land. I'm not from Turin. I just yeah, think it's a, it's a slightly a slightly different ilk of fan. Same, you know, same passion, but different ways of kind of feeling it, I think. Um, I don't know, but yeah. So does, it, does the player have to be homegrown? Like Immobile is homegrown, right? But he's not from yeah, That's Piemonte. an interesting question. Yeah, well, does he not, have to be from I Piemonte mean, or yeah. Italian or... He's Napoli, right? But he is, mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, now he's Lazio, but I mean, he the, the player is from, he's Neapolitan. So yes. what, what, yeah, what's the question exactly? Then? Maybe he means the academy. Like like we we brought him up from childhood and he played for. Let's assume base. it's academy for sim, you know for yes. simplicity for simplicity's sake and to kind of avoid avoid any regionalism that you tend to get in Italy. Let's just say academy uh, punte basta. I mean, Marquisio is on another level of smartness. Like the guy is he, for me, him and Sammy Kadera and Tony Cruz could just you know run the world through midfield because of the way that they see the game. Um, he has a certain level of intelligence, perhaps to people he wasn't the technique of Pirlo or he wasn't the whatever it is, but he was, he read the game perfectly and there was very little he couldn't do, which is why I, Conte used to even play him out on the wing because he was the only guy that would know how to interpret every role on the pitch. And for me, that that kind of play, I'll always want for Juve. But I don't necessarily, I mean, look, every team, you know, you had Quinta del Butre for you, Real Madrid, you have La Mas, which were the the five kids that made it for Real Madrid and won everything. You Obviously, you've had um, Barcelona and, and and their homegrown players under Pep that won everything. And you had like, class of 92 for United. It's important, but I don't think it's everything. I don't mind using it as a revenue stream, frankly speaking. I don't need to have a kid that's been there the whole time. And then, you know, now I don't like buying finished products like Ronaldo at that age. Generally speaking, unless it's Ronaldo, unless it's in like this huge name that's going to revolutionize your team. Mm -hmm. I've always been somebody who loves buying a Zidane and then building him up to be Zidane. Does that make sense? Yes, and we did that with great success over the past decade. Exactly. When we were at our best. Yeah, That's that's great management. That is buying, the way that, this is what I mean, the way that Milan is doing stuff right now bothers me. It's like Ben Acer will, you know, he's so smart. It is such great scouting to have bought him and to now, you know, if they keep him for the next five years, he's Milan, right? And he's all, he's going to be them. And there's like Calabria, it is, that's a homegrown product. And, it is just, you know, believing in their players and giving them time and building them up. But you need teachers. And we don't, Pirlo is not a teacher. He's a, he's a philosopher. He's got his, he comes in with his, you know, what he wrote in his thesis and he's trying to live it out and he's trying to be our next Pep Guardiola. But I like teachers as coaches. I used to have a thing for Devis Mandra, even though he wasn't a very successful coach. <laughs> but because of the fact that he really knew how to speak to youngsters, I've always been a fan of Stefano Pioli. I like guys like Ancelotti, like Capello, who sit down with the guys and tell them what they need to learn and how to be better. That's something you don't find very often in England. Um, and it's something that you find a lot of in Italy. And so I don't want Sari or these guys. I want teachers. This is why I'm so big on Allegri and Pioli and, and Capello before that. Because that's a, yeah. That, that's a very good point because you have the older group. Those guys are pretty much... They just need to be coached as far as the game plan. But if you yeah. have the young guys, young guys' attention, 
yeah, they'll do anything for that coach if they're trying to prove themselves, right? Precisely. If you tell them, for example, like this is like like uh, Pioli's son is called Gianmarco, and he's produced this app for Milan for the Milan stars and he downloads like they have to download this new dossier every week and everyone has a different version and they get to see all the opponents that they're probably going to take on in a specific match you know mm. so mm. like Romagnoli will get like Rashford and Martial and all the players that, that are probably going to be an attacking position that he has to deal with Witchford, videos um, how they play how you can destroy them are they weak mentally can you say a specific thing that's going to trigger them like that's a lot wow. of planning you know and that's really smart and I just feel like this is what Allegri would come and be like you know so why are you down to like Morata and he'll be like oh this this he goes I need you to do this 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 like I and like Tevez he was like I need you to play in Morata because it will give him the confidence in the Champions League game against Dortmund Mm -hmm. just I and and you remember he was clear for goal but he played it to Morata Morata scored a goal and then he became that phenomenal player in the Champions League he he defeated Madrid, you know, yeah. and I think sometimes he just understands little things or just moments, you know, like Ancelotti for Real Madrid will switch over the fullbacks he, when he needs a goal, and and nobody would think of bringing in a fullback to score goals, you know, but he was like, you know what, maybe we're too safe with our fullback, but it, it's that kind of level of coach that I would want because for me that's what makes your team. It's Ferguson, it's Marcelo Lippi. When you think of great teams, you think of a great coach. Fantastic, fantastic answer. Um, we're going to show some love to Mike Filetti. He's a, he's an old school listener. Uh, thank you for your question, Mike. So he's asking, what's your expectation for next season? If you can give us a couple couple of couple of sentences of what you expect. Not much more than this, to be honest. It depends on. <laughs> you have to see more. You have to see yeah. something different in order to think that it would be different, right? That's right. What I, I have to see the market. I have to see whether. Look, Pirlo sometimes responds to some criticism quite well. You know, when you tell him, like, why did you do this? He'll he'll explain why. So at least he has his reasons why, as opposed to somebody who's making gut reactions. But I, let's be honest, he's not, like, it's still, like, the guy's a rookie. And he shouldn't mm-hmm. have been hired. And I hate He's literally him. a rookie. Yeah. And I don't want to, I never want to criticize him because it's not his fault. He's in the position that he's in and he hasn't been handed the best team and he's had a lot of absences and absences matter. People think it doesn't, you know, but we're playing with Frabotto, who's now considered a player in our team when the guy's just an under 23 player, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm not seeing a whole lot to be excited about, I'll be honest. But I also think Conte might walk out in the summer and then, yeah, we'll probably go in the bag. I don't know that. I, I don't know that. Why well, are you saying? Are you saying that? I, I agree that there's a very good chance that Conte might leave in the summer because he's a wild card who may, especially if they win the title, knock on wood. Um, it's something he does, right? He, he tends he tends to. And they're having a lot quickly. of financial problems, right? Yeah, I think like. But so are, if, uh, can just, they spend? Is he going to be asked to win the Champions League? Because he's not going to do well mm-hmm, there. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I'm asking you that because I was asking you what you meant by that um, regarding Conte leaving because you thought um, because I, excuse me, <clears throat> I was wondering if you thought that he might. If you were implying that he might come back and coach us, or if him leaving instead and oh, going no. on to do whatever, no, I, I, I don't think I don't know that that's realistic. That's why I was asking what you were implying by that. Are you implying that him leaving Inter would be a good thing, or that him leaving Inter might mean that he would come back? Because I don't know I that he him, would come back. Him, I think him at Inter is competition for Juventus because they're happy to satisfy him at Inter. He's found a club that's willing to give him what he needs. Um, and I think that if he can keep getting past, you know, stuff like not ma- making it the Champions League and just devoting himself to the league, which they're fine with because they just want a trophy and it's a big trophy for them, you know, um, 
he is that competition, at least on a league level. He will leave either now or soon because I don't think they have the funds to satisfy him on that level um, because he has a dramatic viewpoint. <laughs> um, for Juventus, that relationship is over. Um, I think that Agnelli feels very betrayed by him. He has mentioned and said a lot of things that are backhanded remarks about him. And I know that Conte wasn't very happy when Allegri reached the final in, in uh, 2015. And that really hurt you. He's very time. petty. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, so we yeah. agree. We agree. I just was, I just wanted to clarify what you meant by the fact that Conte leaving could be like a window of a window opening, I think is what you said or kind of implied. So, so yeah, cause I, I definitely don't know how that door could ever be reopened. I yeah, don't know I the did. fans would have him back. I don't think the club would have him back, but I'll I tell cry. you, yeah, I might actually stop supporting you at this point. <laughs> Boy, just boycott them. But look, to circle back to what we were saying about Pirlo before, I agree he is a rookie, but I think for that reason, I wouldn't be shocked just from the impression. Again, I don't know the guy. I've never had long conversation with the guy, but from what I understand, he seems to be a pretty humble guy that might actually be willing. Because again, it, his his goal wasn't necessarily to become the gaffer right away he yeah. thought he was going to be the u23 manager he kind of fell ass backwards into it for that reason i wouldn't be shocked if say we decide to shake things up a little bit in the summer and bring allegri back suppose it's something oh, that's possible God. i wouldn't be shocked if but i wouldn't be shocked if pirlo takes a back seat and stays at the club in an almost i'd love that if he learns yeah. from allegri and then becomes yes. our manager I'd but i think that. it may not be again I'm, I'm fabricating this rumor i'm just going off a hunch here but I think it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility. It looks, it feels like something that would make sense. And it feels like something that he wouldn't be offended by based on my impression of him. I don't know. Well, like we mentioned, that's going to be Mina's first order of business as soon as she's, yeah, the, exactly. She's, she's the ruler at Juve. You're right. He does seem very <laughs> humble. And I feel like he'd still, I feel like he'd accept that, you know, because Zidane, at the time, I remember when he was with Ancelotti, he used to ask questions like, why did you just change the fullbacks? Like, don't you think we should bring on an attacker? And he learned a lot. And the way that, the, this is one thing, by the way, because I really want Christian Romero to come to Juventus. And I know that people don't look don't to him. I don't think that's as, happening. Yeah, it's not going to happen. But this is what irritates me, because if you do want to play Pelo's football, and that might sometimes leave the defense exposed if you have so many attackers going forward and the transition is not well managed, he's the best defender in one-on-one -on -one situations and he can really be the next Sergio Ramos I mean Zidane actually took a point tactically against Atalanta to put Isco on him so that they can draw him out of position because they thought he was that good like he was the guy that was going to stop them from scoring goals and for the fact that Zidane would manage his tactics specifically to target somebody like Romero just tells you the class of defender that they think he is and I just think that if you are playing a game that is going to, you know, require one-on-one -on -one duels, which is what Real Madrid do, they they expose their defense a lot. You've got Sergio Ramos, you know, Chiellini was great. And I just, I, I don't want to lose this player, but unfortunately it looks like we might. But um, I don't know how we got onto that. But for Pirlo, I, I would like him to be a little bit more pragmatic, less philosophical. And I think that he's capable of it. I also think mm -hmm. he's trying to make the most of the fact that he's got kind of a rubbish midfield. Um, and I speak as if these players are bad. They're not. They're all great individually, but as a collective, there's not enough complementary skills. You know. Yes, yes, that's very well said. That's why, and that's why Bentancourt isn't playing well, is because he has he, he he's he's being forced into a position that he's no longer comfortable with. When he was a very good player for us, I mean, he's still a good player fundamentally. But when 
when exactly. he was a when he was a well performing player, he was in a complementary role that worked. Yes, and if you and if you add two strong midfielders and you add any of one of those guys, Ramsey, Rabio, Bentancur, all of them as a complementary figure, they'll all mm-hmm. do really well. But I think if you put them all together as a collective, there's just not enough skills there between. There isn't them. enough firepower. Yes, it was. Yeah, it's it's stuff that we've all been that we've all been kind of bang. I, I say all as in I think all you and Tini have kind of been on the same page that we definitely need another one or two kind of X Men in the midfield. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know yeah. if that's a term. I don't know if that's a term that exists. I don't know. Just, just <laughs> guys with the it factor. Yeah. Just like I, I, I'm jealous of like. I mean, even Kovacic, Kante, and Jorginho. That would be a great trio. You know. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I look at all around in all of Europe, and I just think all of them. You know, there's a ball player. There's a guy that wins the ball, and there's you know, there's everything. There's well, listen. If we, if we can, if we can all observe this and and and, and point it out. I mean, surely they're not that moronic that they wouldn't have pinpointed that as an issue that they want to they rectify sold Cancelo this for Danilo. I think they might be. <laughs> okay. I hear you, but, uh, but who, but who in the, who in the, well, who in the right mind could have watched the past season and not think that they need to upgrade the midfield before all else. I mean, I guess, listen, it'll be, it'll be telling, I guess it'll be a telling summer. We'll see, we'll see where the priorities lie, whether, whether they can make the deals happen or not. Just, I want to see an effort, you know, I mean, if the deals well, fall through, do- off, but I would like to see just a concerted effort toward, toward a couple of midfield A-listers or guys that could blossom into A-listers in a year or two. But we're now converting wingers into fullbacks like Bernadeschi. So basically we have 15 players out wide. And we have no midfielders that can play the ball. So for me, it's like you buy Chiesa. And by the way, I'm thrilled because I'm a huge fan of Chiesa. I wanted him from the start. He's been my baby. Yeah. And I love him. And and I'm grateful that we have him. Having said all of that, when you have Douglas Costa on loan to Bayern and you know he's coming back and you know it's a drain on our finances, you have Bernadeschi, you haven't managed to get rid of him. You've got, you know, Ronaldo essentially is a winger slash number nine. But, you know, he likes to come from wide. And then you have Kulusevski. And then you have Quadrado that also... Also likes to play in that role and then so and then you have no guy who's a Locatelli you have no Pirlo in Pirlo's team yeah it couldn't like, be any more obvious it has to be again it has to be rectified this summer we will see if they make an effort to I don't I don't understand how they wouldn't I don't understand how they could be watching the same football we are and not think that that is something that they need to be rectifying we have enough guys that can run the channels we're still talking about Haaland and, and bringing in more, num- you know, big players alongside Ronaldo. So we pay what fifty million in salaries in a month. People are people are asking that because again, he, he's young, sexy, and scores a lot of goals. But I don't think but that I think they're one, necessarily. I don't think they're necessarily including him among the top, top, top priorities right now within the club. I, if right. I had to get, if I had to guess, that's the okay. difference, right? Okay. I don't know. I mean, I he mean, already said uh, no to us, but he's a huge fan of Juve. Uh, yeah, there's pictures of him at the stadium. Mino and Iola, has, baby. I, has, I, exactly. I, I have I faith in Mino. I have faith in Mino. <laughs> Maybe it's a good omen. We got Mino on this pod. Maybe, you know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there's, uh, a joke on there's a joke on ESPN about how I'm going to marry Mino and then we'll be Mino Mina. <laughs> well, no, you're going to take over at Juve uh, as, as, as Allegri's right hand and... You'll bond over that. You'll it's bond happening. over that commonality. Yeah. It's happening. Like, me, have me a not, couple glasses of wine, you'll get drunk, you'll make jokes about the, eh, me, no, me, no, eh, yes. I understand. Okay, okay. Give me Speak, <laughs> we, can, we can do something here. Yes. Okay. Uh, speaking of ESPN, um, is there a chance that you might actually meet Del Piero and, and you know, you guys might uh, have a segment together or something? 
Yeah, we were talking about the fact. I was like, so Del Piero coming on. Are we all going to get sacked and he's going to do the Seti awesome? Farhad, pull up, your sh- pull up your shirt. Pull up your shirt. Show, uh, this I, is tough radio, but sh- show Mina your tattoo. He's got, uh, un, cavalier, he's got <laughs> un cavalier and no la chama una signora all down his ribs. Oh, Farhad really? Yeah. And, yeah. And, I've, and I've showed him, that, I've showed Del Piero that tattoo. We, we had a chance to, uh, Skrillex, um, oh, Skrillex. It's not, it's Skrill, Skrillex. Who? Um, Skrill. Skrill. It's a it's a it's an online payment uh, organization. Okay. Yeah. Type of deal. Uh, they had a commercial, so we we spent like an hour and a half together dining in his restaurant, and that was one of the best moments of my life. I was literally sitting next to each other. We have a I have a picture with Del Piero on our fridge, like front forward, front center. It's better uh, than yeah. it's better better than the moment I shared with Pirlo before when I was saying how I never had. <laughs> I, before and I was saying I'd never had conversation. I'd never had a full on conversation with him. That was true. Um, but, but, but I, I didn't want to say I've never met the guy because I actually have. It's better than the, than the chance encounter I had with Pirlo uh, in Montreal when he was playing in MLS. When I showed him, I showed him my tattoo as well. I've got 1897 in Roman numerals atop my back, but I just told him on the go because he was getting mauled by a bunch of Italians. I told him, my mom was in New York last week. She saw you in a restaurant. You took a picture together. You had a chat. Also, when you scored that goal against Torino, Oroto la mia TV. Oroto la mia TV. <laughs> Broke my television. When you said it's, it's, it's so volta, when, when I said it, 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 when I said my hero. Well, hope, hopefully, we get to see Mina and, and Alex together on the on the screen. That would be a just different you know, countries. Mina, Mina, when you Mina, when you take over, when you take over as as Agnelli's right hand, tell Andrea Pirlo that the crazy guy from Montreal uh, with the tattoo, <laughs> oh, he was wearing a Maestro T-shirt, says hi. Yeah, he remember. You know what? You know I did have I, I did have a moment when I started the ESPN, and um, they had sent me over to do the Ronaldo documentary. So we had started work at five o'clock in the morning. I can't explain. I work from London for ESPN and sometimes for Sirius uh, FM and for DAZN, also North America and Canada sometimes, like for the Champions League. So you're used to funky hours. So exactly. So I used, I'm somebody who sleeps at five, not wakes up at five ever. Yeah. So mm. they were like, okay, so we're in Turin. You wake up at five. We go there for six. We have breakfast. Oh, da, da, da. Nice. So this was the whole day planned. I was dead. I mean, so dead trying to put on like, you know, any semblance of makeup to go there and do this whole thing and, and got there. And this, and this guy, anyway, so I'm talking to the communications director there because I, I love him a lot. He's, he's crazy good. And this guy walks past me and I'm just like, God, I've seen this guy a thousand times. But you know, when you don't know if you're, you're related or like he's famous, you know, mm. have you ever had that when someone walks past you and you're like, how do I know this person? You know, I've met him before. Yeah, and it's Ronaldo. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> and so then he's like, "Hi, nice to meet you." And I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> and, and I had my actually brain. My never... brain is not working this morning. Yeah. Oh my god! I, I better like, wake I'm up. Re- really, really sorry. And it was just like I was like, "Oh, I'm ready now." Like I'm just, I totally blanked for a se- for a second, and I forgot who he was. You know, in my head, I'm like, "Why do I know this guy?" <laughs> I can go one of two ways when you meet someone that always has people rolling out a carpet at their feet. They could either be turned off right away and be like, "Screw this, I don't need this," or they yeah, could be exactly. like, "Oh, this is refre- this is refreshingly different. This is a real person." <laughs> but so, it's weird. So I, he actually just laughed. He was really nice about yeah. it. Cool. So well, we promise we're not, we won't keep you forever, even though we, we could have a conversation for two more hours. But we'll save that because I do believe we'll have you back, I hope. Um, a, a couple of questions, actually. Um, uh, what's, what's your favorite jersey that you own? It's uh, on, a, on a lighter topic here. What's, what's, the player, what's the player's jersey that you do cherish? 
I had a Jovinko one that I quite liked. Uh, <laughs> Get out of here! That's I, such yeah. a, I do too because yeah, because yeah. he because he was because he was Calabrese and played for Juve. Yeah, I got his national team sweater and sweater. What am I? Am I my grandpa? Also, I loved his name. Sweater. Jersey. Yeah, I got his jersey in 2012. Atomic yeah. Ant. Oh yeah. my God, so mine's 2012 two, two, as well. Two substitute appearances <laughs> at the Euro. Two substitute appearances at the Euro. That's awesome. We, we actually, uh, I, I used to run a fan club in Los Angeles, Juventus fan club. And one of our one of our members is just like the, the biggest teddy bear. He's like 6'4", 300 pounds. And he rocked Jovinko jersey at every yeah. meeting. It did he do it so for the funny. irony? Did he do it for the it, irony, or did he do it because I, he, listen, just, he was totally you, blind to it? He's like, yeah, I, just, I like Jovinko. Ca- no, Cash <laughs> is like the big, he's the sweetest guy, and he loves to show. He's got this shaved bald head, a goatee, and there's a big man rocking the Jovan- Jovinko but did jersey. He, did he do it for the irony? Like, was he, he just doing loved it the player? All? No, he okay. loved oh, okay. he loved him, and he just. Um, I actually, also, you know what? I, and um, I also had a Viali one that I was in love with as well. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, Vial was... People don't know, man. People nowadays don't know what Juve was in the 90s. And, yeah, and I, I, you, you, I like... You, go on. Sorry if I had... No, no, sorry. Uh, just, Mina, just, you know, you brought up the players that are kind of kind of there in, at Juve. And seeing that, seeing Juve today is so completely different from what we used to, that unit working together of you cannot F with us type of attitude, you know? And now there's always excuses. There's always... Uh, something, something going on that's you know not that's not, no. But this is it. That, we that briefly had it. We briefly had it. You know, I just I, I remember this moment when it was ah uh, not Danny Alves, uh, the other. Well, uh, you think Evera, about that. Patrice Evra, when okay. he was like, guys, this is we're Juve. It was against Bayern, and Morata kept like counterattacking to death. Do you remember at that time? And, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I felt like for a brief moment, even though we'd lost that match, we were we were Juve again. Like we were a team that people believed in. We were a team that like deserved to be there. In 2017, we were flawless till the final. You know, for there was the, the first time <gasps> you came on. The first time you came on my pod, you said it felt like for a while we were unfuckwithable. Yeah, it was. But I like, but I like the way you put it. (laughs) It was just, it it was just. I mean, it was. It's like in '96, you know, and or or like even in the '90s, Juve, you know, when United and Alex Ferguson, Alex Ferguson used to be like, Marcello Lippi was this gorgeous man in the the helm of Juventus, but he was also so good. Everyone knew Juve, you know, despite the fact that we just reached finals and lost them. But I mean, at least it was. It was the way it was. Delivio coming out and being like, "Who are you at Real Madrid?" And now Mm. it's like, you know, nowadays. It's a case of us having married. That was what disappointed me so much. It wasn't Lemina, poor thing. It was like I'm blaming him. But it's about the fact that at the time, we didn't have a team that rotated as well, you know? Yeah, it was a different reality, uh, us and Yeah, them, us and, and I just felt like, why? Why are we so below, like, Barcelona? And we were the team before, you know? I mean, we were like a team that everyone was crazy about. And now it's all like, oh, Bayern Munich. And now we're just sort of like, Juve, poor Juve delusions of grandeur, you know? And oh, I just, yeah, I hate that's that. Perfect I hate way to that. explain that. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean... Well, we, we have such expectations at the at at the end we fall at the hands of Porto and and Leon, you yeah, know. And then Cassano can come out and say we have no history, right? But, but you what know did what did I tell it, you? But it goes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not. But it's not like Juve. It's not like Juve have delusions of grandeur and other Italian teams are. You know, they're they're, they're going and you know, stanno spaccando yeah, tutto. They're, they're, exactly. They're, 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 we're all kind of fall. We're all kind of falling this year and last year. It didn't really. It didn't really right. happen for us. Atalanta went on a nice little run, but let's be honest. I mean, Atalanta's run isn't going to last a decade. I'm, you know, very likely won't last uh, for for for, it will for, last for as a, long as for a very 
it, I don't know that it'll last for, for, for a very long period of consecutive seasons. That was a one-off thing. It's not like while we've been, you know, trying to go for it all, every other team in Italy has been leaving us in the dust in Europe. That's very much not the case. It's been a collective Italian issue. I'm not saying that's an excuse. It's not, but at least we're, you know, we've gotten closer than other teams have. And I think we at least have the thinking that it's a priority. I think we're probably the only Italian club that could say that right now. So anyone that wants to come out, I mean, again, everyone that's listening to this pod is probably Juventino. So they're agreeing with me anyway. I don't know who I'm coming out against, but anyone who wants to say anything to the contrary, I mean, they, they can screw off in this case. I don't think they really have much. I don't really think they have much of a hill to stand on. But this is what it is. I mean, let's be honest. When we were reaching Champions League finals, what were the rest of the Italian teams doing? You know, because I remember Napoli being knocked out. And and yeah. who was the, you know, Roma did really well against Barcelona. They had that season that was amazing. And I was so proud of them, you know. But I mean, that does sound so condescending. I don't mean it like that. But as in generally speaking, <laughs> you're, you're you, know, Tina, you can been, be condescending sometimes. It is, uh, you know, he, this player wouldn't <laughs> at us, but he, he can go to Roma. That's what everyone says about Bernardeschi. He's perfect for Roma. He go, go, go. Have it's fun. It's just, you know, like, but it's, it's kind of just been like, you know, Bayern for the Bundesliga, PSG for, and it's been us for, it, you know, for Italy. So everyone has underperformed for many, many years now. But the fact that Juventus had done so well and reached two finals, people remembered Italian football. Ronaldo came because of that. It wasn't because Roma had been Barcelona. Do you know what I mean? You know? Mm-hmm, so yeah. I do think that it's a lot of the times it's your representative of your team. It's Real Madrid and Barcelona. It's not like Sevilla and Valencia and all these other teams. Atletico have been, you know, Atletico had moment actually. That's true. They did reach two Champions League final, but La Liga is different. But I do think our representative has fallen apart this year. Juventus has fallen apart and this shines a, a bigger light on Italian football not doing well. And that's that's the issue. So we need a strong UV. We need a strong Milan. I even yeah, need a strong Inter. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's embarrassing when you've got into being knocked out by Shakhtar, you know, and and these teams and Borussia Mönchengladbach. <laughs> Come on, what is this? It's a Conte effect. Forward? It's a Conte effect. He'll leave by the end of next year, in all likelihood. And I want Inter to be think, strong. Well, I I, th- I think I think you've just not stronger than us, you know? right? But but <laughs> but again, I think you've got that now. I think it does. I think it does. I think it does make sense that they would go on runs in the Champions League based on the team they have and the way they play. It's just, it seems like it's a Conte thing. Again, it's, it's, well, speaking it of it, could be another, football, it could be due to another variable, but it's the only thing that I can, it's the only kind of common denominator that really makes sense in that equation. You know what? If they started Ericsson, if they had Ericsson playing, playing the way that they're playing now, if they had started the season playing like that, maybe they would have had a shot. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, again, like it's, it, I think we're at a point now. You were talking about how good Milan are looking and how they they seem to have built up a, a, a repertoire of good young players who can do well for them long term. And you know, if they sell off a few, they could reinvest that. I think Milan are kind of finally over the hump. I don't think we're going to drop off that that crazily off a cliff. I think we might be in a position where that may not be a pipe dream. A strong Inter Milan and Juve in the Champions League to challenge, not necessarily for the title, but to be there, you know, to be in the mix. I think we're probably at close to being at that point. Um, we'll just see how well we can rebuild, I suppose, beyond this summer. Yeah. Well, Mina, unfortunately, it's time to end it. We are, <laughs> we, we, we all collectively had a crush on you before, but I think we're pretty much in love with you by the end of this podcast. Thank you so much oh, for joining thanks. us. Thank you. This was, this was such a, such a fun conversation. We don't want it to end, but we have to, um, is there anything you particularly would you'd like to plug before before we go? Where can um, where can where can your new fans reach you? 
Oh, they can reach me on Twitter, Instagram. I have a website, but nobody ever checks that anymore. So. I just I just checked it, and it 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 was blank. There's nothing could nothing came up there. Unfortunately, I, well, I, have a, I have a suggestion. We should just you should just post a manifesto to <laughs> for for what you would do to change. You would just make that like the one the la- the one landing page of the website. It means it's not like you it's not like you have a lot of content on it anyway. Just just post your manifesto there uh, as as farhad said i think we're all collectively in love with you now hopefully mr Agnelli, if he ever does if he ever does uh maybe you, if, we got uh, you got our recommendation yeah maybe maurizio can like fucking send it his way and maybe maybe he'll fall in love with you as well that's that's what i think every <laughs> fan is hoping for now uh, awesome. based on, based thanks, on some guys. of the recommendations that, um, you, that you've talked about thanks <laughs> Imagine yeah, thank you thank you so much we're we are looking forward to seeing you uh on espn on bbc on sky all of the great job that you do and yeah, thank sorry, you for, I do. Thank, yeah, you were asking about these things exactly. I do sure. read BBC, ESPN. Um, I've got lots of shows. One tomorrow for the BBC and Serio Awesome Podcast is my favorite thing to do. So please listen to that. Uh, Serio Awesome Podcast. Please check it out. All right. Well, Mina, Mina has had enough of our unprofessionalism. Thank you again so much for joining us, and and thank you for holding it down. Uh, you know, for for us Juve fans over there in uh in the land of Premier League fans. So we really do appreciate you. Oh, thanks, guys. Loved being on. Thanks, Mina. Awesome. Thank you. Have a good one.